0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nurses Podcast, where we tackle current health news and hot nutrition topics, one conversation at a time. Hope you guys are having a great day. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, tune in every Friday, check out new episodes. We're doing COVID specials once a week, updating you around the world, see how things are doing. And we have Matt here, Matt Matt's my co-host, and we have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Tasha Triana. Tasha is a Southern California native, a world traveler, registered nurse of six years, and certified yoga and meditation instructor. Tasha founded a Nurtured Nurse as a way to inspire others to engage in their own self-care and wellness. She is the owner of the Nurtured TheNurturedNurse.co. Feel free to check her out. She's got a, a website. I believe it's called Nurtured Nurse. Is that, is that what the Instagram is? Yep,
1: The Nurtured Nurse. Yeah, okay. at The Nurtured Nurse.
0: Yeah. So how are you doing today, guys? How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing fairly well. It's about five hours. My eyes are a little glittery
2: had some coffee and I'm ready to roll. So I'm super pumped and we have an awesome guest. And as you guys know, I'm a little bit of an empath. I like to talk about mindfulness and I feel like we have a right person for that. So Tasha, how are you doing today?
1: Hey guys, I'm doing good. Thank you. I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Super grateful to have this conversation with you. Um, Deep dive on all things nursing, mindfulness, meditation, COVID, wherever we go, right? (laughs)
2: Exactly, and you just came from Central America or some part of the country, so tell us a little about about your international travel and what you may be gained from the experience and like your plans,
1: yeah, okay, gosh, where to begin? I feel like in these current times, things are fast changing, and we kind of have to flow with things and adapt so um I'm currently reporting from San Francisco and that's where I was living the last two years. Sorry if it's kind of loud on my end. There's some construction that just started (laughs) conveniently. Um, But I was living in San Francisco the last two years. And then at the end of February, I decided, or that's when I moved to Nicaragua, I moved to an island in the Caribbean side of Nicaragua, where I was going to be managing a yoga uh, and massage and meditation spot there. And so I was just settling in and everything kind of erupted with the current situation with COVID. And it kind of went quickly from, um, you know, oh, you're trapped in paradise to, yeah, you actually might get trapped there and everyone is leaving the island. So it's best to just go back to the States. And I felt that that was the wise choice anyway, um, so that I could be close to friends and family and kind of jump back into help if I needed to go back into the, into the hospital setting.
0: Yeah, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty drastic change. You went from you being a nurse, right, to trying to open this, this whole yoga and meditation place in Nicaragua?
1: Right, exactly. And when I was in San Francisco, I, I've been working per diem the last, actually, probably four years. I just hit my seven years as a nurse, actually. I was just thinking about it. So probably the last four years, I was working per diem, which was really nice because then I could make my schedule however I wanted. I could work either days, evenings, whatever Uh, worked for me and for the hospital. And so the last two years in San Francisco, I was really focused on getting meditation teacher certified, yoga teacher certified, as I was developing like my own practice in mindfulness yoga meditation, I just became super interested in it. And I didn't really envision myself teaching meditation. And that's just kind of like the natural path. Um, It just unfolded that way. So it's pretty cool.
2: So I have I have two questions, but we're going to merge it into one somehow. So how did you get into like mindfulness? And cause you've been on this path to wanting to be, you know, instructor yoga and opening up your own resort. How did mm-hmm. you also take that leap of faith from, let's just say nursing to I'm into mindfulness. I became self-aware. I want to start this retreat. Like wh- where did you connect these dots and like, what made you really want to kind of pursue this passion where you just kind of adventure out to another um, country?
1: Yeah, so interesting. I feel like I'm kind of at that period right now where all of my interests are really combining. I mean, I definitely am like a nerd for life. I'm interested in so many things. And I think it was just kind of allowing myself and letting myself listen to kind of my inner voice as I started tapping away at this and just really following my passions. And so I think I really got onto the path. I don't know. I think your inner calling is already in you. My mom told me a story the other day about when I was a kid and I was like making mantras for people and selling them at my lemonade stand. And I was like, Oh, I don't even remember doing that, but it's kind of like in me in some ways. But I think what really kind of got me on the path was just feeling really burnt out in the hospital. And, you know, I hadn't even been a nurse that long. And I think just seeing the effects of, you know, 12 hour shifts and, and, you know, how to manage time at work, away from work, how to recharge and just really taking a look at that within myself. And that's really what got me kind of on the path of yoga, meditation, mm-hmm. things that just helped me ground back in. I know, Matt, you mentioned you're a bit of an empath. I would probably guess not a bit, but a big one. <laughs> um, and I think I think all nurses are, to be honest. And I think so much of it is like learning how to cultivate your own energy and really staying grounded in your own alignment so that you don't absorb as much um, of the energy around you and much in the hospital, such a mix of energy and with the different patients patients you work with. So I think that it's an ongoing practice too, but really becoming aware of that has helped me so much.
0: so how do you think or what's sorry my mic so what are some like advice for somebody that's trying to find like their like their inner self because you know in society we have so much like like stimulation like social media everybody's telling Mm -hmm. us what what we should like what we should do how we should act how do you kind of break away from that and how do you kind of just just figure out what you actually enjoy doing now what someone is basically telling you what you enjoy doing
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think what's really interesting about these times now and on the positive note, because I'm forever the positive one, but I think that this time now is really causing us to strip away so much and to truly like deep dive within and see what things are really important to us. It's, you know, maybe it's not material possessions that someone thought was super important because at a time like this, what is, you know, what are those really going to offer you? And so I think this time, hopefully people are using it to not numb out and get distracted because there still are ways, you know, if you're at home, just 24 seven watching Netflix, nothing wrong with watching Netflix, but I think everything in moderation. So for me, what really helped was just having lots of downtime, lots of quiet time, and just filling it up with, you know, things that are distractions. I really love journaling meditating sometimes even just being in silence i love being in nature and you know going on hikes but not listening to music just really being present and i think those things just help you cultivate more just like in inner knowing you get to know yourself more you see what's important and i think you know getting to know yourself is a lifelong process
0: yeah i'm, I'm a firm believer of like devoting time just like for yourself just being alone is having a conversation like in in your own head without any kind of other other distractions but I was also you also mentioned mentioned burnout so how did that feel for you I know it's it's going to be a trending topic in the future for sure with all those COVID cases coming along so how did burnout make you feel and and what burnt you out was it the the job and so was the hours was it the patients was it your coworkers? what made you like burn out
1: I think to be honest a combination of all of it and I think one thing that you know, when you're in nursing school, it's not something, I think the culture is going to shift. I think it's really going to shift in the next few years, especially like you said, with everything going on in the current scenario, but it has to shift. Otherwise the healthcare system won't sustain itself because if people are getting burnt out after only a couple of years in the field, I mean, then you're spending more time being trained than actually working in a hospital or But I think for me, yeah, it was a bit of everything. The hours are long, especially when you're a new nurse and you're just adjusting to it. There's so much information to take in. I remember when I was a new nurse, I would constantly like look at my schedule before work, like, who am I working with? Who's the charge nurse? Just trying to know, you know, like there's so much information to take in. I even remember my first few shifts and I was, you know, shadowing still a nurse as they're training me to the unit and she would go in and do all these things and we'd leave and she'd ask me a question and I'm like wow, like you just did so many things and I'm like trying to take it all in, you know? And I mean, you grow that muscle of multitasking and observing and everything. But also with 12 hour shifts, I think it's kind of in some ways a work hard, play hard mentality, which can also burn you out because you're on for 12 hours, whether it's one, two or three shifts in a row and then you're off. And so, you know, in your off days, you're doing everything you could, you know, doctors seeing family seeing friends trying to do the things that help you self-care as well and it's just at the end of that day too i feel like my off days felt just as full as my days at work so really learning how to balance that all out as well
2: you you make a really good point point. and me and peter had this conversation probably a couple of days ago and we're just like we need a day off where we're not even hanging out with friends like just completely to yourself because at work we are constantly talking with patients Family physicians, and mm. we're working as a team, and that's just very energy draining and you need to kind of resort back to yourself just like you mentioned to kind of recharge and mm-hmm. and have you guys realized at work like sometimes you could just cut the anxiety with a knife, you know, especially during this time yeah. so for those that are like nurses or maybe anybody that wants to get more into mindfulness like what what are your personal go to like techniques to like unwind to have time to yourself like what's your, like your routine? or that you recommend and teach to people in your, like, retreats?
1: Yeah, good question. I think there's so many things. Um, one thing that I have I feel like has been a big game changer for me, I'm a pretty structured person overall, um, and I think a lot of nurses especially tend to be. I think most of us are kind of type A in some ways, in a good way. I mean, you need that in the hospital, but I think it can also be a double-edged sword. But I think for me um, – really cultivating a morning routine. And I'd say the last year or so for me has been, I've always had something, but the last year for me has been really on point with a really solid morning routine. And that just sets me up for the whole day. I feel like that really gets me in my element and then kind of like ready to bring, ready to face whatever the day brings. And also one one thing that I really recommend is not checking your phone first thing in the morning. Because that that moment right when you wake up and then right before bed is when your subconscious is most impressionable. So if you reach out and grab your phone, especially in times like these, and the first thing you're seeing is flashes of news or really dramatic headlines, that's going to go straight in and basically program your day based on fear or anxiety. And so for me, you know, I have kind of my thing that I go through in the morning and that just, that really helps a lot. So I think morning routines are super important.
0: Yeah. I'm also a brick partner of morning routines. So before like this whole quarantine stuff happened, like I had a very strict schedule where I would go work out in the morning. So first thing I would do when I would get up, you know, I started with small thing. So like, like make your bed that way, like you already achieved like, like one goal for the most part, drink some and then, then go to the gym. And I would ground myself at the gym. And then I would be at the gym for a couple hours. Cause I would like plan out my whole day at the gym. Like the gym was, was there kind of like my rock where it would kind of, kind of ground me, but. I believe everyone should have like at least a solid morning schedule, like at least a few things that you do every morning consistently because that's already, that already sets you up for, for success.
1: Exactly. I agree. I like how you said the making the bed. That's definitely in my morning routine. And that's something also, um, as silly as it sounds, that can be kept consistent no matter where in the world you are as a traveler. I also like camping, just like being out. And that's something, whether it's like making my bed, making my sleeping bag, whatever it is that I think that those consistent pieces definitely go a long way.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure if you heard, I'm not sure if you know who Jordan Peterson is. He's like a psychologist. Uh, he's, he's one of like one of the guys I look up to, but he's the one that kind of brought the thought up where like, if you look at someone's room, you know, if if it's a mess, like imagine how messy their their mind is. Yeah. So that's that's like a a big thing where if you have a clean room, you have a clean mind, you leave like a clean area, you leave like a a blank slate, and then you come into a blank slate and you just come back to sleep with with, like fresh ideas and you wake up with, with good ideas and good intentions.
1: Yes, I agree 100%. I think that's so true. And the saying as within, so without. So it's basically like our outer world is a reflection of the inner. So I think that's totally accurate.
2: So if somebody says, oh, my, my room is messy. Is that a red flag, guys?
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Are you a you flag? <laughs> That, that means i'm not coming over that's what that means <laughs> oh damn man i'll make my bet next time so when it comes to
2: tuning into tash right as you call it yeah. when and you're a huge proponent of meditation daily is that right mm-hmm. so when is the perfect time to meditate and maybe some people are completely new into this why should you meditate why is it such a powerful tool for like mindfulness
1: yeah good questions um i don't necessarily think there is a Okay, Here's I was going to say, I don't really think there's a perfect time to meditate, but I guess I'd maybe rephrase it as like, as long as you do it, that's the perfect time. (laughs) So like the consistency piece. So it's better to meditate, you know, at random times, as long as you do it, than to have a, you know, a specific time that's the best. But in terms of science, how I mentioned earlier in the morning, and then in the evening before bed is when your subconscious mind is the most impressionable. Um, those are the times when, if you want to say the best quote unquote time, those would be the most, I would say, uh, significant times. But for someone who's new in developing a meditation practice, well, there's a lot of pieces, I guess, to that to that question. Um, but I think, again, back to the consistency and just having downtime. So in the beginning, the consistency piece is the most important. So if someone wants to develop a meditation practice, I would say start with whatever number of minutes will make you successful for 30 days. So if that's in the beginning, 30 seconds, you wake up and you set an alarm for 30 seconds and you're just quiet, you're just tuning in, you listen to a guided meditation, whatever speaks to you. I just say that the consistency piece is the most important. Once you build the consistency, then you can increase the time. And Um, for me personally, meditation has been a huge game changer. I've always been, I'm an introvert by nature. I feel like I've always been pretty internal. I really like my alone time to recharge um, and kind of like quiet time. But as you mentioned in the hospital, there's so much stimulation in the outside world. There's so much, so much stimulation and it just allows us to really tune into ourselves, our own energy, our own thoughts, our own feelings, and just really Slow down, and it helps us also get out of um, our fight or flight, you know, our stress response, and into more of the rest and digest, which is really where we should be spending most of our time. However, in today's world, especially in the current times, most of us are living in fight or flight. So it just kind of helps reset, reset our body.
0: Yeah, I couldn't, could agree more. It's not necessarily like the time of day or the time you meditate. It's- is the actual action of, of of actually doing it because that's that's the hardest part the hardest part is getting started and actually completing that that whole meditation mm-hmm. for like 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 5 minutes 15 minutes half an hour it doesn't really matter it's there's no like set goal goal and time but right exactly yeah yeah the so Metro mirror pro sorry go ahead
1: yeah no i was just saying yeah i agree the consistency piece like sometimes i compare it to i like to run and so i compare it sometimes to running because i think people mm-hmm. understand like physical exercise versus like mental exercise a little bit better so it's like if I was training for a marathon I wouldn't just one day run like 12 miles and then that's it I would want to be like consistently running every day and then have my day that I do run 10 miles or I do run 12 miles as I'm building up but it's the consistency piece that's going to make me go farther than you know the random the random days of training
0: yeah so Matt show me your profile call it's it's at the nurtured nurse mm-hmm. and when i think when I think of nurture I think of like a like a nice warm safety blanket over my shoulder so so what is the the nurtured nurse like what do you post what do you what do you do on your page
1: yeah, thanks for asking yeah the nurtured nurse and basically it just it it kind of came to me organically too just because at at work um when I was working in southern California at the hospital, I would always I mean, I love eating healthy. I love mindfulness tips, like quotes, positivity. And so my coworkers. at first, you know, they're like, wow, you always eat so healthy. You're always bringing salad and vegetables and, you know, kind of like questioning me. And then they're like, oh, actually, do you have any recipes? And tell us a quote about this. So I started a wellness board uh, in our uh, nurses lounge at work. And then from there, it just kind of built off I was like oh the nurtured nurse because a lot of us are experiencing burnout and we are nurturers but usually we're nurturing everyone else but ourselves and so the nurtured nurse to me is you know inspiring other nurses and not just nurses everyone needs self-care and wellness but I think because that's where I was coming from and what led me kind of more on this path but basically on the Instagram I post inspirational quotes and just reminders to self-care and just things to kind of make you think about your connection with yourself I feature other nurses and ask them questions about how they self-care and it's really created a cool community Um, in the Bay Area for example I would often organize like hikes or yoga classes meditation different things like that so it's been it's been really cool to just have that community piece as well
2: and I know, like you organized like the whole retreat, right? And that's what you're kind of getting into. And unfortunately, you said because of COVID, you had to have your like first retreat canceled. Like, mm-hmm. how do you how do you even organize that and all that? I'm just curious, like for myself, honestly. That's why I love podcasting because I could ask that question if I want to know. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm just curious, like how that happened. That's that's really cool of you, by the way.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I feel like thanks for that reflection, because I feel for me, it's just kind of I love travel so much. And I'm pretty adventury. I love getting out in the world. And I just like had the idea. And I think if anything, I almost maybe bit off more than I could chew at first. I'm like, Oh, yeah, perfect. I'll just do this in like four months. And I'm like, wait, okay, people take like years to plan one retreat. So I have, um, really good friends in Central America in El Salvador and they own an eco lodge place so I thought it would be great to start with a place where I know the people and I love Central America it's been a place of like really I don't know just like really life changing travel for me and um, on my mom's side I'm Guatemalan so I just really love like the Central American roots so I contacted my friends, they invited me down there to stay for a week and I scoped it all out and just had all these ideas as to what could be done. And for me personally, I love, you know, like recommending things to people, travel related or books, podcasts, everything, but I always like to experience it first. So I thought, let me go down there, scope it out, stay there, see what activities could be done, what, what it would entail, how the food is, like literally everything. And then I started just kind of piecing together what are the things that I would want. And, you know, I've been on various retreats and seminars, conferences, and kind of like picking and choosing activities that um, I felt like would be good for really for anybody and for cultivating, helping people cultivate their own self-care practice, their own wellness, shifting their mindset. Um, Yeah, and I think there's something about travel and getting out of your normal routine and environment that just kind of like restarts a lot of I don't know behaviors that sometimes are are really set that we don't even realize we're doing
0: <laughs> so what are some of the activities that, that you like we're thinking about planning like is it can be like devoted times for for different things like there's gonna be a time for like meditation a time for playing like water sports and how mm-hmm. would how would how you like like break up the, the activities and actually retreat itself
1: yeah exactly thanks for asking um Yeah, it was kind of a mix. Since the focus of the retreat is self-care and wellness, I wanted it to be kind of a blend of structure, but also downtime. So the location was right on the beach. There's also a pool. So, you know, kind of a balance of morning yoga, meditation. I also teach breathwork meditation. And so just having those things kind of set in place for people to, you know, wake up in the morning and have a little bit of a routine And then um, one day was going to be like a little travel, like escape from where we were, where we were staying, where we would be staying, I guess. And so like a little bit of adventure, hiking, nature, exploring the culture and community, because I always think that's important as well to kind of see where you're going, not just be, you know, at a place and not really understand the people, at least for me, that's really important. So to integrate that as well. And, um, yeah, during the downtime, people would have the option to just like be on a beach, be in a hammock, talk with others, have alone time, and then also include self-care workshops. So to teach people, uh, kind of what we mentioned before, like what are the things that make people thrive, you know, because maybe for me it's, um, you know, running and hiking and for you it's swimming and going to the gym and, you know, really tapping into what those things are and then how to integrate them. I think, you know, the first step is knowing what they are and the second part is how do you actually make it part of your life and keep it. So, kind of a variety of things.
0: Do you have any plans for, like, a future retreat?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely something that I really want to do and I feel really excited and passionate about it. I think that with the whole COVID scenario and situation, I realize, you know, a lot of people – had huge life changes and plan interruptions, trip interruptions. And I am just really trusting that, you know, the timing will all be perfect when it works out eventually. So I don't know yet when it is, but I know it will be in the future.
2: (laughs) It's interesting what could happen to the human body from both a standpoint where you're taking somebody from fight or flight, just like you mentioned Mm -hmm. into like the parasympathetic nervous system on top Mm -hmm. of completely getting unplugged from your routine and being in like that growth mindset. Yes, uh, me, me personally, I started doing breath work. I think the method I'm using is four, seven and eight. I don't know if that's the best one since you're a yoga instructor and a meditation teacher perfect question to ask, right? What is like the best form of breath work to start to kind of, you know, calm down that fight or flight response that we all have that we feel anxious, especially in a time of crisis or anything that people are going through?
1: Yeah. Good question. Um, that's so cool that you've gotten into it too. I feel like breath work has been so transformative for me and it's, it's a really powerful tool. And I think, um, again, it's kind of, you know, like asking when's the best time to meditate. I think there are so many different styles of breathing and breath techniques that I think it's kind of whatever speaks to you and what you feel like you're benefiting from. So, you know, I think for example, the style that I teach, um, I love to teach, but I don't always do that exact style when I practice on my own. It just kind of depends. Intuitively, I, I really like listen to myself. And sometimes, you know, more, certain styles of breath work are more powerful than others. And it really, like, jumpstarts your system. So you might not want it every week. You might want it once a month or every other week. So I think daily, it's just nice to connect with the breath. Um, I read a book that you might really like called Just Breathe can't think of the author right now but he has a really cool background in um in breath in a variety of ways like he went to India he was scuba he also worked in a hospital so just really he provides a lot of background about the power of breath and I think for me one thing that I really took away from reading that book was um just being observant of your breath and so like really noticing for example. Example, how are you breathing while you're eating before you're eating if you're in traffic and just really taking note of that and that really shifted a lot for me just having that awareness
0: if i'm not mistaken i think matt and i wrote a blog post about different uh, breathing styles and i, oh. I did a, yeah we did a little bit of research but but for me the like the main thing that i probably got from doing like the research is basically like compare like your normal breath when you're not paying attention to it to like a like a full deep breath it's like a, mm-hmm. a dramatic difference. Like, it's almost sure. like you're, it's almost like you're, um, uh, gu- guppy breathing, like our arts patients do. Like, it's not a, like, when do we have mm-hmm. time to take, like, a full deep breath? So, if, like, if anyone's under, under any kind of stress, if you're in a stressful situation, if you're in, like, the Pyxis and you have a stressful patient, just take, like, three or, or four deep breaths, and, like, you feel so much better. Like, you have more oxygen in your brain, you have more oxygen in your That's- tissue, and it does such a, such, like, a, like, a, uh, a big difference, like, in throughout, just, like, throughout your day and your body.
1: Oh my gosh, it's huge. It's such a powerful shift. And I think even working with patients, I really started using breath too. Um, I was working as a postpartum nurse. And for example, having C-section patients when you're getting them out of bed for the first time, uh, you know, they're in a lot of pain and just having them first concentrate on taking, you know, deep breaths before we even move at all, their pain level already shifted a ton. And that's just the power of breath. But like you said, I think so many of us, you know, we're just like chest breathing or shallow breathing or holding our breath and we don't even realize it. So taking those slow, full, deep breaths, even setting a timer and doing 30 seconds of, you know, in for five seconds, out for five seconds is enough to shift a lot.
0: Right. Like even when working out, like if you like learn how to control your breath when you're lifting, you could lift more weight and you could, you lift uh, with better posture, like your quality of lifts are better. And even when we have a patient on the vent, he's, he's bucking the vent, he's trying to button it a tube, you tell him, hey, just relax, breathe. And that just calms it down. You don't got to push the fentanyl. You just ask the guy, hey, just relax and breathe. You know, that goes far away too.
1: So you, powerful. So powerful.
0: You better have an order for pushing the fentanyl, Peter. I do. It's on standby. Uh, uh-huh.
2: But I, So I want to get into the question of how does somebody become self-aware? But before I get to that, I had an interesting little epiphany here when I was listening to you guys talk.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We as nurses, and we could all relate, you know how, like you said, consistency creates the habit, which creates the, the meditation, the process, and it's not when you do it. Mm-hmm. Look, at, look at us as nurses. Um, we're, con- we're continuously stimulated by X amount of tasks to the point where you're forgetting what you had to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And I feel
2: like that creates us to be anxious.
1: Totally.
2: So, so nurses are creating our job is kind of creating anxiety within us. And I noticed that myself to the point where when you get out of work, it's hard to concentrate. I don't know if you guys ever had that problem.
1: Mm -hmm. I I was just talking about that actually yesterday. I was saying I, I, most of my career I've been a day shift nurse, but when I moved to San Francisco, I was an evening shift nurse. And um, they mainly do eight hour shifts in the Bay area, which is very different. But I would get home like close to midnight. And then I would just feel so wired, like physically, I'd feel tired, but I would just feel like my mind was so active that I couldn't just go to bed right away. And I think that the mindfulness and meditation piece has really helped. And you kind of mentioned, like create, we almost like create our own perfect storm of anxiety. And I think that it's so true. And, And for me, the meditation piece, again, had really shifted me on that in the sense that, i would just become more mindful of each task i was doing and i know when i look back even a year ago you know it's like the morning starts and you're like checking on all your patients doing like the first the first assessment of the day and you're sometimes you're just so busy you don't fully like engage with the patient but when i really shifted and was you know more aware of it I just would take my time asking questions to the patient really listening and it didn't matter if it took me longer to complete the whole assessment because they felt also so much more listened to and seen and heard that later I feel like the rest of the day would be like smooth sailing because I took extra time in the morning and really slowed down and then throughout the day you know if I'm doing one task Finish that task, and then you know try to move on to the next. Of course, you can't always do that, but when you can, it for me it really helped.
0: Yeah, if, if like for all nurses out there, like if you develop a good um, like a structure at work, like if you plan out your your shift, that goes a long way. Because I basically plan out my shift. So technically, like I work till seven, but I'm mm-hmm. done with everything by, by by four a.m. You know, and I don't titrate mm-hmm. any kind of drips after five. Like I I mess them. I make sure everything is done is done early and. Because that way, if you get behind, you at least have those two hours to yeah. catch up on to catch up on things.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe
0: I guess, I guess type A. And then you brought up something where, where after work you're still kind of more like mentally amped up. Yeah. I I feel the same way after work. Uh, just because like it feels good to finally be out of work and finally see some light, some sunlight. Because as working nights like the sun mm-hmm. is is a, is a rare commodity sometimes. So yeah, that's, that's why I like going to the gym. And then the pre-workout definitely that doesn't always help, but. I take my time before bed, just to kind of wind down to kind of breathe a little bit, just to sit down mm-hmm. and just relax and kind of ground myself and kind of just prep myself for bed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. I think the transition piece is really important and something that I really was tapping into a lot more in San Francisco too, even before work and then leaving the hospital. So I would get to work early, sit in my car, kind of have like a mindfulness moment of what intentions did I want to take to work? What, you know, what were kind of you know, like compassion or whatever it was, and then go to work. And then I would come back to my car and kind of also like think about the day, clear it out, and then leave the parking garage. So I would kind of have that like moment of separation before, you know, leaving and going back home or back into the, you know, quote, unquote, the real world.
0: Yeah, That's really good. And I feel like a lot of nurses have to realize that nursing is a 24 hour job. So if you don't complete everything, that's completely okay. And you got to leave that kind of baggage there like don't bring that stress and anxiety back home because nursing is full of anxiety full of stress full of fear and if you bring that home let's say you got angry at a patient during a shift like you got to be able to step past that because then you're bringing that anger home and you might you know get into arguing with like a significant other you might mm-hmm. you know get an argue with somebody else and you just have to leave that like it's it's you got to be able to separate like work from like playtime, i guess or, or, your, or your home time Otherwise, otherwise, then you're getting anxious before work, you're getting anxious the the two days prior, and all you think about is work, 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 and that's just going to contribute to to more burnout.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think part of it, too, like, yeah, I think you made a lot of really good points. I think part of it, too, is also learning the things like we had mentioned that do charge you up or that do kind of restore you and I always like to say self-care is like a battery too it's like on your phone you're not gonna most of us don't let our phone get down to zero percent we're constantly charging it you know even if you see 70 you're like ooh, gotta charge my phone and self-care should be the same way like we shouldn't be going all the way to empty and then like oh okay tomorrow I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get it this that that you know, and then try to like boost it all in one day. Again, it's back to consistency, which I really think is like the key to most things. Um, and just really, you know, banking that and saving it. And even at work, I really had learned strategies too. Um, you know, I mentioned before I'm introverted by nature, but I think everyone in the hospital gets overstimulated with just sounds, noise, people energy and so sometimes for me like the only place I could have a moment was like the bathroom so I would just like go in the bathroom and like have a close my eyes mini meditation for like a minute you know and that would recharge me or um, another one at work is I always would bring my lunch and sometimes I would just go outside on my lunch break even if I could only be outside for 10 minutes that was enough to like reset get fresh air maybe a little bit of sun on my face and it just kind of like breaks that too and and gives you like a a little boost
2: and a perfect clinical example of like what we're even experiencing is is like even alarm fatigue like we as nurses hear that freaking sound so much that it literally filters into just us whatever doing whatever we're doing and then somebody taps on a show like hey your patient is desatting I'm like oh shit it's not like we're bad nurses we just get fatigued to that constant stimuli that's Mm -hmm. just completely exhausting us Mm -hmm. and and it takes a lot of self-awareness to realize this, right? Just like you say, routines. Hey, am I being consistent every day? It takes self-awareness. How do you build that self-awareness? Like, what is your point of view on it? Because no one knows that million dollar question because then we can yeah. teach everybody self-awareness. And mm-hmm. how do you teach that key? That it's like, it's like a, It unlocks a key, to be honest. It creates so much opportunity for you. And people start realizing, you know, that I'm not a victim. And mm-hmm. hey, 50%, I could, it could be genetic, but that 50% is all interchangeable, just like mm-hmm. epi, epigenetics, right? So how do we teach self-awareness to somebody?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think self-awareness really is a huge key because once you're self-aware, that's when you can start making changes. And so, you know, um, I think, again, it kind of goes back for me to the meditation piece and more than anything, just like stillness it kind of is really everything. I think in today's world, whether you work in the hospital or just, you know, outside there's, there is so much stimulation and noise and distraction. And so to truly have that downtime to like, let your body go into a calm state versus a chaotic state. Um, and really just observe, like observing and taking note and, you know, it could start, Asking yourself certain questions about the day, you can kind of look back over your day and were there certain things that made you mad and just being aware of the emotions you felt and know that, you know, emotions and feelings are just kind of passing through. But often we get triggered. And so as you develop your self-awareness, you start understanding what are the things that trigger you too. and being in a hospital, it is a place that's easy to get triggered because the stress level is high. You're interacting with so many different patients. There might be patients that remind you of a family member or a friend, or you might not even be able to pinpoint how they're triggering you until you kind of later take a step away and really, like, think about it.
0: I have a, I have a pretty interesting question for you. Um, yeah. So you, you're a nurse that turned entrepreneur. So what would you? What kind of advice would you give to a nurse that, that loves her job, that went into nursing, like, as, as a love and a passion for it? And now was trying to like figure something else out, like has found another passion. Like how would you, would, would she or he start to kind of build on that?
1: Yeah, good question. Thank you. I think for me, it was just kind of like organically kind of came about. And I think it's just a matter of actually listening to those things that are interesting to you. Because I think, again, back to kind of like society's programming and, you know, the things like you should be doing versus what you actually want to be doing or what is kind of your true calling and i think as we evolve and get to know ourselves more we're constantly changing and i think it's just accepting that as part of life and no matter what direction i go in being a nurse is always a part of me whether it's like in a hospital teaching writing a book teaching yoga meditation i think it i don't know it's just something that helps me grow in a different way and give me a different perspective that i think is i'm so grateful for
2: And that's what's kind of like the badass part of being a nurse, right? Is that we have those those three days and those other four days, unless you're breaking up a shift, you could follow whatever your heart desires. Just like us, you know, we're both off and we're having a podcast session with somebody and and we're genuinely enjoying it.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: Do you have any questions for us before we wrap up?
1: Ooh. um, We we are
2: switching the tables here.
1: I know. It's like, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> um, what mindfulness things do you guys like to do, or what what helps you guys kind of de stress and balance your self care?
2: So definitely, just like you mentioned, meditation, um, going on walks. I've noticed that writing things down, writing my routine down, and um, sometimes like planning my day the night before.
0: Mm-hmm. That
2: that is a form of like mindfulness for me because I wake up in the morning and I feel structured, and because mm-hmm. I feel structured in that kind of way. I'm able to kind of have more ease um, throughout my whole day. Mm-hmm. Not, not I'm not like type A where like, oh my god, I'm not getting this task done. I right. always try to overachieve, so I'll do more than I can, and then I'll just check mark whatever I did, and I'm and I'm happy with it. Also, I've noticed jujitsu was one of mm-hmm. those things just completely grounded me. I walked out of there completely fresh. It's like Matt was talking differently to himself after a jiu-jitsu. Sh- session it's really really weird the way it grounded me unfortunately i haven't done it for a couple of weeks and it drives me crazy and just like everybody else our routines are out of whack mm-hmm. and i hope to get back into that soon so that's that was that was working for me
1: yeah it sounds like you're pretty tapped into what yeah helps you
0: yeah beautiful beautiful matthew <laughs> like, like for for me mindfulness like when i see mindfulness, if somebody asks what like mindfulness means to me it basically means like like full of mind so just like being being with yourself being uh, like with your mind because i'm i'm for the most part fairly introverted as well so like the best like i said before the way i i um kind of let go of my stress like my anxiety or if a nurse gave me some some lip changes shift or whatever you mm-hmm. know I, I bring the every day to the gym gym is like the time where where i'm alone not so much now because i work out with a few friends because of the whole mm-hmm. quarantine situation going on But before the gym was like my grounding place. Like I took Mm -hmm. out my, my anger on the weights. I took out my frustration out on the weights and just that, that was kind of the setup for for my whole day. Anything that I was battling, I would have time to think, think through it uh, just because it just, it was just me alone at at the gym. Like I would think about my day between sets and then during my sets, I would get my, my anger out and, and frustrations. And also I do a lot of like stretching. I do a lot of, a lot of yoga, um, I, you know, I do the whole incense while I stretch and that kind of brings me back, back to myself because sometimes I get caught up in, in other people's, I don't want to say business, but like being a nurse, like Matt said before, we deal with people 24 seven. It's either, Mm -hmm. you know, you work with people, you're calling a physician for orders. He's a person then you see your friends and you don't really have enough, enough time for yourself and you kind of devote your time for, for others. And Mm -hmm. like yoga and just stretching kind of devotes that time for me where I could, think through things more, more clearly and just without any anyone's other opinions. Because sometimes, you know, you say an idea and then someone throws their opinion on it and then you kind of, you're just like, yeah, I agree with that. But then when you really think about it, you really don't agree with it or you don't really see the same way they do. You just said you did it because it was the easiest thing to do at that, that situation. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so mindfulness for me is basically just like kind of being in your own head and just understanding yourself.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's such a huge... A huge piece of i think life not but it, i mean it definitely helps in every avenue especially in the hospital where like you said we're constantly around noise people stimulation and you know even in just in one day how many people we interact with in a hospital it's a lot
2: <laughs> oh, well, i like i like how all three of us kind of said like this is what we used to do so as if like earth has changed and it literally has right so it's kinda,
1: it really it, has yeah it,
2: it's it's like we're letting go of the past mm-hmm. and just like you mentioned hey earth will never be the same there's a transition happening mm-hmm. like do you think it's like i i've read that supposedly we're entering like the age of aquarius we're leaving the other age astronomic astronomically mm-hmm. so do you think that's that's what's happening is it a conscious shift or is it because of corona or do you think collectively like now i'm thinking about it what if we have that hive mindset right and we're all kind of like tuned in together mm-hmm. so i wonder if we're consciously going to become more self-aware after this event you know just random thoughts.
1: I I hope so. I hope that, you know, my positive piece is, yeah, that it is a time and an opportunity for us to really go deep and really, you know, everybody is energy. And like you mentioned earlier, um, when it's really tense at work, for example, you can feel that tension. And You know, there's also on the positive heart coherence, for example. So if you're with someone you love or, you know, a really good friend or, or, you know, someone you feel really close to, your heart waves actually sync up and that's energy too. So I think it's, you know... I think the positive one thing that I'm really taking away is even though we're all sheltering in place, and it's kind of, you know, like an interesting time, and people are feeling antsy and kind of cooped up. I think the piece that I was really taking away is like, wow, how powerful are we when we really want to get something done collectively, we can make that happen. So imagine if all that energy was channeled in a really positive way, you know, if we had one goal in mind, and we really went for it. Um, I think that's really powerful and just allowing us this time to strip away so much of kind of, you know, normal, I guess now what is normal, but, you know, normal life and just really seeing what are the things that are important.
2: And we also have to realize, like, do we want that normal life again, guys? Like, let's just Mm -hmm. realize how unhappy you were, you know, and this is that time to be like, maybe I hated my job or maybe this Mm -hmm. didn't work out. So just strip away all those mental shackles all those like you know that emotional pain body that you created with yourself and just have that reset and me and peter mentioned it even on the COVID episode man this is such a time to just reset completely as like a society and yourself like geez like this is a this is a time in history where everybody has that chance and i don't think it'll ever happen again
1: I know, I know. It's so wild. I mean, I was thinking, you know, I have one of my really good friends. She's my oldest friend. I've known her since I was seven. So kind of like you guys, right? Um, and she has three kids, three kids under five, like five and under. And so, you know, she's doing homeschooling and all this. And I was just thinking, wow, I can't imagine being like a student where there's just no school, especially in high school, you know, where so much is about your friends and socializing and you're just totally without that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, if, if this would have happened when me and Matt were younger, we'd probably be causing havoc right now. Thank God that did happen to us.
1: What would you guys be doing?
0: Yeah. Look what you brought up now. Go <laughs> ahead. I, uh, like,
1: I really want to know.
0: That's <laughs> you know, okay. We'll, we'll save that for another episode.
1: You were I mean, meditating, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> would have been.
0: exactly. I could have said it better myself. Thank you. I mean,
2: you know, it, it depends. You know, if it was Halloween, I'd probably do my typical, when I was younger, I did some egg bombing. I don't know if you ever partook in that, (laughs) but yeah, I don't want to look like you're staying
1: silent. He's like, "Mm." (laughs) when
2: when you know, when Peter's smirking, man, he, he's thinking things that you don't want to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know the introvert introverted mind.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. You guys are ridiculous.
2: (laughs) Tasha has been an amazing experience. Anything on a wrap up, maybe one piece of advice to give anybody that's on their journey right now.
1: Yeah, oh gosh, there's so many, but I think especially now given these times, just really use the time to go within and every day, you know, set some time aside just for yourself because even, you know, being home, it can get quote unquote busy. And so I think just really making sure you don't get caught up in, you know, just all the cooking and the house stuff that, you know, maybe people aren't used to doing, just really set it, setting aside time for yourself on on the daily and um, yeah, just getting to know yourself deeper.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Tasha. If you guys want to follow Tasha, she's got The Nurtured Nurse Instagram, and she also has a website. It's called TheNurturedNurse.co. Do you also have a personal Instagram?
1: Yeah, it's um, Yamo Tash, which is in Spanish, basically. My name is Tash. So it's L-L-A-M-O-T-A-S-H.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Tasha. Hope you have an amazing day.
1: Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Namaste. Namaste.